Hey, welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media because uh, we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Uh, and make sure you hit us up on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. We're Nashville's on-demand sports talk network. And I uh, got to thank our sponsors because they officially make things happen for us and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the Nashville area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. At mandu.com, your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai, for your new ride, make them a part of your car buying process at wilsoncountyhyundai.com in Lebanon. And the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Yeah, the, the good thing about YouTube – Notifications are on time. The good thing about Twitter, notifications on time. Uh, the bad thing about Facebook, notifications not on time. So, exactly. again, transition over to YouTube if you need to, uh, as well as Twitter broadcasts have changed a little bit as well. Uh, so, let's get this thing going, Zach, because the Titans have a massive game. I mean, there's no other way to put it. This is a massive game in the AFC South in Indianapolis against the Colts on Sunday on Halloween, right? The Titans are five and two. The Colts are three and four. If the Titans lose this game, they drop to five and three, and the Colts are now four and four. They split, and now the Colts are just one game back of the Titans. That's simply that's how important it is. If the Titans win, they're six and two, sweep the Colts. The Colts are buried at three and five, and there is like zero percent chance, or a tiny, tiny percentage. I actually have it. The percentage chance of the Colts to win the AFC South uh, if they lose this game. If the Colts lose this game, they have a 4% chance of winning the division. If the Titans win this game, they have a 97% chance of winning the division. So, you know, that's really how important this game is. It's everything, Zach. And there are a few Titans that we expect to play well, like Henry, Tannehill, AJ, Julio. But there are definitely Titans that need to ball out in this game to help the Titans win the AFC South and literally lock it up. Lock it up, 97% chance the Titans win the AFC South if they beat the Colts on Sunday. Yeah, and it's all come to a tipping point because both teams are probably playing their best football of the season. You know, the Colts, they struggled early on as they dropped several games and kind of got into a rut. And then all of a sudden, Wentz's, uh, that tape started holding up on his ankles and he started getting comfortable with, within the offense. That injury definitely derailed the, the Indianapolis Colts early on in the season. Mm -hmm. But it kind of seems like Carson Wentz has found his comfort level with head coach Frank Wright. And we know the familiarity around there of their time in, in Philadelphia. That's why they reunited in Indy. This is, as you said, it is a massive game. This – and. It's unique because of how bad the division is. If the Colts lose this game, I don't think they make the playoffs. I think this is their season. You talk about backs against the wall. This is the supreme back against the wall for the Indianapolis Colts. If they get to four and four, and I'll say this, I think they do make the playoffs because I think the Colts now have started to find their momentum. But this would be a heart stopper if the titans were able to win they'd be dead in the water because the titans now have the stranglehold they've got the tie break over indy 
and they're pushing towards the end of the season in which we know the Titans' schedule, because we now know some more information, gets easier. With the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Texans twice. Steelers. And the Steelers, we still don't know enough about the Steelers. The Steelers are still snakes in the grass. I know you hate Ben Roethlisberger. I know you hate hate him. I don't hate Ben Roethlisberger. I just think he's old and not not great anymore. You've always disliked. You've never, I don't even think you've ever said a nice thing about Carson Wentz or Ben Roethlisberger. They're just on your list. I, look, I, I just don't it, think so they're I, good quarterbacks anymore. That's it's not. I, there's nothing personal. I just don't think they're very good right now. Well, Carson Wentz has played better. Ben Roethlisberger just is old. Well, and we'll see what happens at the end of the season. I don't want to put the. I don't want to lump the Steelers in with the Dolphins and the Texans. I don't think that's fair yet. But AFC South on the line. This is also, as we know, there's a rivalry. I mean. Uh, a couple of years ago, I and we we argued about this till we were blue in the face. It was the Jags because the Jags kept on uh, being a thorn in the Titans' side when they split. As the Texans have dropped off because of Deshaun Watson, the Colts have emerged with Frank Reich, and now they have their quarterback, Carson Wentz, playing at a good level. This is kind of the start, I think, of the next couple of years of that rivalry getting back uh, well, I don't even know if it was back because Peyton dominated for so long and Andrew Luck, they couldn't beat him. So maybe this is the resurgence of, of what the AFC South is going to be as Jacksonville and Houston get their ducks in order. This is Titans control or bust, right? I mean, no doubt. this is it. I mean, again, I'll go back to those numbers and we'll talk about our three players that need to pull, they need to ball out. So I got this Easton Freeze tweeted about from the New York Times. The Titans' odds to win the division currently is at 81%. If the Titans beat the Colts Sunday, it's 97%. If the Titans lose the Colts Sunday, it's 69%. So really nice percentage points there on the Titans. The Colts' odds to win the division, if they win on Sunday, it's 26%. If the Colts lose, it's 4%. So that's uh, what you, uh, the New York Times calculator, playoff calculator says uh, there. So, Zach, let's get to it. Let's get to our three players because we each we each have one, and then you get a wild card, right? So I'll let you start with your offensive player that needs the ball out against the Colts to help the Titans lock up the AFC South. All right, so I'm not going trendy. I'm not going King Henry. Obviously. I'm not going A.J. Brown. I'm not going Big Jeff Simmons. Uh, I'm not even going Dinico Autry. That well, you're going probably offense, so. that chip that chip is growing because he's playing really well, and now he he faces his former team, and he had a good he had a good game in their 25-15 win earlier on in the season. I'm going a different direction. I'm staying on the offensive side of the football, but I'm going to a guy who I think emerged as a surprise this season. We all thought, and and you and I, we you, you talk about the the onesie bet, the manzie. Anthony Ferkser has been non-existent. Who is Ferk dog? We don't see him. We we don't see him. The guy who's emerged is Michael Pruitt. I think Michael Pruitt has really impacted this team in a very strange way. And with not, not a lot of targets, but a lot of production. Listen to this. Played all seven games. Nine targets, eight catches for 105 and two touchdowns. That, my friend, 
That's the word of the day on Sunday. That's efficiency. And that's something that FERC has not been able to give you. We thought that that Anthony uh, or that that Anthony Ferkser was going to be the the tight end one, but Ferkser he has less receiving yards on more targets than Michael Pruitt, and he's got the goose egg, as you know, Austin, in the touchdown category. Yeah. My guy that I think steps up for the Titans to win is Michael Pruitt because it's unorthodox. The two big wins, Seattle and then Kansas City, Michael Pruitt was involved. Yeah, and Michael Pruitt's tied for the team leading touchdown catches too because him and AJ are the only guys who have more than one. And you got Ferkser and Julio with goose eggs in the touchdown category. Now, Julio should have one in there because of what happened uh, against Seattle. And, you know, Ferkser dropped a pass that was near the goal line uh, against the Jets in New York where that game could have been very differently. Maybe the Titans could be 6-1 and one if uh, if Anthony Ferkser catches that ball near the goal line against the Jets. But I think you're right. Michael Pruitt has been an unsung-type hero. You know, he's he's been like that, that energy guy that makes a play – that's not like the biggest play in the world, but it gets the people going. If you know what I mean, it's, he gets them going a little bit, gets that extra juice going. So I think Michael Pruitt is pretty good. Uh, that's definitely a, a good uh, answer there because he does, he does a better job of being the full balanced tight end of being able to block in the run game and also catch and then run after the catch has been solid with him too. Or Ferkser strictly a catching guy, Swain strictly a blocking tight end, which he hasn't been very good at that. Uh, this season at some spots too. So I do think Michael Pruitt, that's a good, that's a good drop here uh, for a Titan to ball out. I think he has a chance uh, to make uh, a couple plays against the Colts on Sunday. So I'm going to flip to the defensive side of the ball. Cause I, I do think there's a key Titans player that really needs to have a very good game. And this Titans defender has been trending positive over the last couple of weeks but we'll get to my Titans defensive player who needs to ball out versus the Colts. But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute. Boneandjointtn.org, uh, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, know who to go to, know who to trust. That's the folks at the Bone & Joint Institute. They've got over a dozen doctors there at their facility on campus with them who specialize in anything that could go wrong with your body, any type of injury to get you back to health. Also, state-of-the-art rehab facility uh, there with Dave uh, as well. So, boneandjointtn.org is where to go. At MGM, download the app today. Got back into the winning column a little bit last night in the NBA with Rudy Gobert with my prop bet, but uh, missed a couple. I, it was kind of an even night. I can't sit there and say that I won uh, a, a ton, but BetMGM gave me and afforded me that opportunity. Code ATOZ Sports right there. Uh, on the screen, they will hook you up with a risk-free $1,000 bet for new users. That is exclusive right there to A to Z Sports. A-T-O-Z Sports. You, that's a guarantee right there. With that promo code, A-T-O-Z Sports, you can get a risk-free $1,000 bet up to for new users. Download the app today. All right, so the, the Titans defensive player who needs the ball out against the Colts for the Titans to lock up. Uh, the AFC South on Sunday needs to stop Jonathan Taylor because the Colts have won three out of the last four games and Jonathan Taylor has gone in the three wins, the one loss really in all four losses, Jonathan Taylor has been held under 65 rushing yards in the three wins. The Colts have, he went for 103, 145 
and 107 and has four touchdowns in those three wins. He's got five touchdowns in the last four games for the Colts. So it's all about stopping and slowing down Jonathan Taylor, which means Rashawn Evans has to continue his better play over the last couple of games and stay disciplined in his run lanes because we don't need Rashawn Evans to be guessing running game, running lanes like he did against the Jags. The Titans got to have him be, be disciplined and show in the right running lanes and to stop Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor can ball out for sure. He's averaged 5.9, 10.4, and 6.4 yards per carry in the Colts' three wins. So Rashawn Evans got to step up, got to play disciplined, no penalties, no guessing. Remember in that Jags game, the big 50-plus yard run from your boy, uh, James Robinson for the Jags, Rashawn Evans just like basically teleported from one hole to the next and opened that up for James Robinson. So I really feel like Rashawn Evans has to have a solid game for the Titans to beat the Colts. If Rashawn Evans is a bad game, that's how the Colts can kind of help control the pace of the game too with what Jonathan Taylor and that offensive line can do. So I have a question for you, Austin. Have you demoted Rashawn Evans to a role player? Yep, absolutely. He's a role player. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's he's technically a, a starter, but he is not a key. So guy. he's not a role player. I I I think you're splitting hairs here. I, I I will give you the fact that he hasn't played like a starter, <laughs> but he's not a role player. Well, what's Michael Michael Pruitt's a starter? He doesn't play the snaps. Like Rashawn Evans plays all the snaps. That's the difference. But again, Rashawn Evans has been replaced by David Long as the Titans' best linebacker. Not, but he still plays. I understand. <laughs> He's still that. on the field. Well, That's yeah, I mean, of role, course, guys got to be on the field. Like they only role have player two does not play consistently. A role player is like Lamar Odom coming in that, off the bench. At a they high don't level. have any other linebackers. Jason the Jet Terry. No, I, again, I, I'm clarifying. I, like, Rashawn Evans is not a role player, but. Zach, uh, they don't have any linebackers. Like, he has to play because Jalen Brown's an IR. Monty Rice, the rookie, is hurt as well and didn't play. Rashawn Evans is a role player that they're having to play more snaps than they would like. They would like to bring Rashawn Evans off the field on some third down passing situations because he's not very good at it. Uh, I still don't He is a role Rashawn. player. He is a two-down linebacker. That's a role player. You, let's go look at the snaps. It's <laughs> fine. But Zach, my point is the snaps are irrelevant because they don't have anybody else. They don't the have snaps are not irrelevant. He, no, uh, Rashawn Zach, Evans has Zach, been playing tons I'm of snaps his entire Titans. Let, let me call a timeout. Let me call a timeout. The reason why Rashawn Evans is playing such a high percentage of snaps this season right now is because Jalen Brown is on IR and also the rookie inside linebacker, Monty Rice, has been hurt on and off. Who else are they going to play an inside linebacker? Avery Williamson just got to the team, and so he's he hasn't been here as long as Mike Vrabel's been Wait, here. And what do we say? Well, I told you, Avery Williamson is going to contribute zero. I we when he got signed, you may have been out that game or, or that that show. Yeah, I think I was. Uh, Avery Williamson. It was you could tell that he was just a body to to if somebody does get hurt, he's going to have to fill in a role, but. So, so we'll ask this question. Who's more important of a role player, quote-unquote, for Sunday versus the Colts? Michael Pruitt or Rashawn Evans? Let's pick that 
before we get to my wild card, because I don't think my wild card, I think my wild card would win in this question okay. uh, because he's not a role player. <laughs> um, that, that's not uh, exactly. how I would to be fair, but, uh, but who's more important? I was not operating. I was not operating under the role player. Term. We literally talked about that was the one thing we did talk about. We actually, no, we, t- you we created the that- topic based on that. No, no, that was the, the, the conversation. It's a good question that. because we've got multiple answers that are That's different. Fine. So it's justified. All I right. just, <laughs> first round picks aren't role players. Zach Rashawn Evans is a role player right now for the Titans. <laughs> like he is no longer viewed as a first round pick. He is viewed as a set as a two down linebacker. That is, he is when you're in year four, you're no longer like labeled a first round pick. You've either, you've either surpassed that or lived up to it or you have it. Uh, uh, Zach, it doesn't matter. You anymore. are, you are, you're always a first round pick. That's your <sighs> standard. Bud, like, no, that's why doesn't. I hold that's why I got Corey Davis drove my ass crazy for all those years. But like, we have to evolve. The player's career has evolved at this point. Was Rashawn Evans worth a first round pick? No, but we ha- we cannot view him as a first round pick. He you have to view him of what he is because he shouldn't have been a first round pick. Once you go to another team and you get another contract, then I think you could start to wane. And now it's okay, is a different place better for you? But yeah, Rashawn Evans, you need to view him as a first round pick in his first contract. You cannot move off of that so quick. That okay. I'll if we that I, ever comes back, that I'm I'll telling that, Zach, I'm that, telling that you by sense. saying that tells you that I think he was a failure of a first round pick. That well, is we my know point. That. You You're not saying anything that any Titans fan doesn't already know. We know that Rashawn Evans failed. We know Corey Davis was not very good. Like we know that. We know Isaiah Wilson was a complete and utter bust. Caleb Farley's not starting out real well. Like we know, we know all of this thing, but Rashawn Evans is not considered a role player. He is very, very important to the defense. Michael Pruitt for nine targets and eight catches is not very, very important to the offense. I, I disagree because Michael Pruitt is the best overall tight end the Titans have. Because, that, hoping- because the tight end position blows. <laughs> <laughs> the overall position is not very good. Yes, but he's also <laughs> impacting the the best running back in the NFL and opening up lanes for him too. Again, I, I, it's being the hottest ugly girl. That doesn't. You're matter. being so stubborn with this. Like, ask, re-ask the question so we can read the comments and move on from this. Well, it's and the comments say Evans because Evans and I agree with the comments. Evans, 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 Evans. Ben coming in with Michael and Larry comes in with Michael. But Tank Sinatra, who I do love that name, uh, comes in with Evans. So does John. So does Jeff. So does Brandon. So this is, look, it's overwhelming. Definitely Rashawn Evans. Because we've always said, if Rashawn Evans gives you more, like Michael Pruitt, we know his ceiling. I still think, and this may not be true, but I still think Titans fans, and I'll put myself in, in that category as trying to figure out what Rashawn Evans ceiling is. It's been four years and I can't tell you. Can you Rashawn Evans ceiling is a, is a rotational linebacker somewhere else. That's what he is. He's a rotational linebacker. He's not great at anything. He's, he used to be really, really good in run key run situations. And at times he flashes there, but he is no longer consistently good in the run. And he's never been great. Uh, as a as a coverage guy, man or in zone. Now he made a nice play 
on Sunday by diving and getting the interception from the David Long deflection. Uh, but again, like Rashawn Evans doesn't do anything great. Uh, he, he's not an edge rusher. He's not, he doesn't, I don't think he, does he have a sack in his NFL career? I don't know. And so uh, he, I don't think he does his stats overall yeah, uh, in, his, in his fourth year are very underwhelming. Uh, but again, I think Rashawn Evans, Rashawn Evans is a bigger impact in the outcome of the game than Michael Pruitt. Michael Pruitt could have a super quiet game and do his job as a run blocking tight end and catch one pass for a first down and the Titans could win or lose that game. You know, right. But if Rashawn Evans is really, really good at stopping and slowing down Jonathan Taylor, the Titans have a better chance to win the game. Well, it's more importantly that and Rashawn Evans has three sacks in his career, but it's more, I think if Rashawn Evans is not really, really good, I don't think he he's never really been really, really good. It's, Rashawn Evans can't be really, really bad. Yes. He can't he, take those angles, as you said earlier, with James Robinson in Jacksonville. Right. He can't guess. Like, no more guessing. Like, you got to be disciplined in not getting penalties and also disciplined in where your run fits are. Well, and let's, let's break down the linebacking position in NFL football history. The greats, like Lawrence Taylor, Brian Urlacher, uh, Patrick Willis, Luke Keekley, Mike Singletary, those guys didn't guess. They, it's it's kind of like uh, the road meets. Preparation meets instinct. For a middle linebacker, those are the two qualities that you have to have. Obviously, athletic ability, but you're going to have athletic ability if you're a first-round pick, right? So those guys, uh, Devin White is also, I would sprinkle him in. Now, he's got a longer career, but shout out to the Bucks, badass linebacker. Instinct meets preparation. I'll always remember there is a NFL Films clip when Luke Keekley was playing, and he's on defense, he's mic'd up, and he knows like four consecutive plays. Like he knows exactly where, and I think it ends with a pick because right place, right time. Instinct, preparation. The problem with Rashad Evans, and I can't sit here and diminishes preparation i don't know how much work he puts in i'm not in the facility that's not fair for me to judge the instinct though i can see a lack thereof it's guessing they're not even hypothesis there's well, not even you know, educated you know guesses. whose instincts are pretty good is david long jr this year yes Jalen brown's instincts were really good before he got hurt last year and he just been he's been hurt this year, so we don't even know like what they're going to need. Jayon Brown whenever he gets back back off of IR, and I don't remember how many more weeks he has, but they're going to need Jayon Brown down the stretch of the season. So MB says neither player or guys it will come down to the D line controlling the Colts O line to control Jonathan Taylor, not Rashawn Evans. Now MB, you're not wrong, but I do think the next step is Rashawn Evans has to make the right reads to then finish the play on Jonathan Taylor. Yes, Tier Tart, Jeff Simmons, and Nico Autry, and Danico Autry in another revenge game back in Indy this, this week, I think is another big uh, player to watch too. But I, I do think it comes down to Rashawn Evans being able to make one-on-one -on -one plays on the Colts running backs, Jonathan Taylor being the most important one. Then they have Marlon Mack back who missed uh, the first game against the Titans and also Naheem Himes, who seems like he always has really good games 
against the Titans at some point. But Rashawn Evans, the Titans are going to need a really good game out of Rashawn Evans to really feel good about a win. Here's my two cents on Michael Pruitt. Okay. Michael Pruitt and Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, since he came to Tennessee, had had been – the offense had been set up for tight end activity, right? He had been used to – it's like driving to work every day. You're used to going one route. He had been going that same route for two years, and then all of a sudden they would go out and get wide receivers and lesser tight ends, and they make them go a different route to work. Well, every once in a while you wake up on a Wednesday and you go back to your route that you know, right? And I think that's kind of what we've been seeing a little bit trickle in with Michael Pruitt. They don't have the weapons at that position that he can go that route to work consistently. But I do like seeing the efficiency that he's gotten with Michael Pruitt and the plays that he's gotten with that tight end without Jonu Smith, who really, man, Jonu Smith was a solid, was a third round pick out of FIU. That was a good, they got the most out of that third round pick from FIU. Especially they let him go, he got paid, had, he left. Especially for a guy who had multiple knee surgeries that ended the season. And played behind Delaney Walker for a start period of time. Now, that, I think yeah. that may have been a blessing in disguise to kind of learn from yeah, uh, a very, very high quality Because he was raw because he went to FIU, and FIU is not known for developing talent, right? They get raw guys out of like the out of Southern Florida to come play who didn't go to Miami or Florida State or, or Florida. Yeah, and I don't know this. I don't know the background of Johnny Smith. I know that the Florida thing, but it kind of – if I was uh, stereotyping based on what you just said, John o. Smith was like, he was big enough and had good enough hands to play uh, wide receiver, but he didn't have necessarily all of the speed. So you put him at tight end, but he's flag football, Florida, right? Like that's, that's, I felt like how he kind of came up and he, he did very, very well with screens and different routes. They used him with handoffs at times when he was with the Titans. Yeah. But that's all gone, right? Like, Tannehill can't utilize those same type of plays with the tight end position. But I do think he's getting the most out of Michael Pruitt, which I'm glad that they weren't just trying to, like, drive Ferkser and mm -hmm. try to, to make him something that he's not. Yeah. All right, Zach, I want to know your wild card. Like, I, I really am intrigued by this. Who is your... I who is your wild card for this Titans game? Before you get to it, let me tell everybody about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals over five hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Got my workout for later this afternoon, all set up, ready to go get that Mandu work in because it helps me build functional strength and build muscle mass while targeting that hard-to-burn body fat. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. And if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, they'll take 100 bucks off that first month when you sign up. It is for everybody, young, old. If you're in shape, if you're out of shape, it doesn't matter. Mandu can help you achieve your fitness goals with their trainers, education, and also the science of full-body electronic muscle stimulation. Mandu.com, your first workout's free. A to Z Sports, what are you doing this weekend? We're talking Colts and Titans. Well, I know what you could be doing. And that is coming to hang out at Mill Creek Tap Room on Sunday. We got the games going on. We got unbelievable food. They got a food truck inside the brewery that has and delivers the best burger you will ever have in Nashville. I put my name on that. I usually wouldn't do that. I'm putting my name on that. I look for, forward to broadcasting there because of the atmosphere. 
But because of that smash burger, whoo, man, it is so damn good. Come join us and hang out with us. Yeah. All right. Zach. Before I tell you, could you yeah. read the title of the show for the me? Title of the show, me? Zach. Um, oh, now I lost it. Where did it go? There it is. Two Titans and one wild card who needs the ball out versus the Colts to lock up the AFC South. My wild card that needs to ball out is Todd Downing. Ooh. He, I feel, now we're we're sitting here in the midst of the season, heading into week eight. We're almost halfway through, right? You got a couple more weeks. But I really have seen an improvement with how Todd Downing has utilized Ryan Tannehill has bettered the protection and that it's a group. AJ Brown has now gotten back to AJ Brown form after dealing with injuries in Chipotle. Julio Jones has been in and out, but when he's been in, he's made some plays and Derek Henry's usage. I know he had a lot of carries last game. Mm -hmm. He didn't necessarily have to, they were just making sure that they solidified but I do think that Todd Downing is the key to this win on Sunday. If he continues the trend, they stock up on how he is utilizing this offense. And it's gonna, it was going to take him some time. He took over for Arthur Smith that just got a head coaching job in the NFL for his performance. Yeah, He had to figure out how to use Derrick Henry correctly. When you get in binds, what plays to call. When you're... Uh, offensive line blows. How do you move the pocket? How do you utilize Ryan Tannehill's athleticism? And I feel like I'm not giving him an A plus, but each week I think I've been impressed with how he has grown as an offensive coordinator and play caller. That, my friend, is my wild card. Uh, I love it. I, I really do like that answer. Now I'll say this: I do think there was a turning point for Todd Downing. And it came when the Titans were up seven to six in the first quarter against the Jags. That was that turning point. Because remember that the Titans defense score on the on the Bayard uh fump scoop and score, right? And then the Jags go down and they'll score a touchdown. The Titans' next drive was beautiful. And they marched right down, they put up more points, and they had a, a bigger lead on the Jags. Now they've been they, they scored 30. On offense, because the uh, the uh, Titans defensive touchdown there, but 30 points against the Jags, uh, 34 against the Bills, and 27 in the first half against the Chiefs, and they coasted their way in the second half. And that's great. Like the last three games, minus the second half against the Chiefs, things weren't great, but who cared at that point? Todd Downing has been really good. Now the first three games or four games, he had some issues where he was trying to be too cute. He wasn't using personnel uh, in the right way. He wasn't relying on the play-action pass. And Tannehill was getting sacked a bunch. And so I, I do think that's a good answer on this wild card. If Todd Downing continues with the unpredictability that he's shown in the last three games, he can go a long way in helping the Titans beat the Colts and win the AFC South this weekend. And the Jets game, I, I will... They didn't score enough touchdowns early, which that was opportunity, right? You got to pounce when you can. But 
I mean, he was dealing with, he was driving across the country in a 71 Pinto. Like, it's only going to get you so far. All the guys were gone. He was dealing with Josh Reynolds. He was dealing with all these second-tier wide receivers. And Derrick Henry could only do so much. Now, they had an well, opportunity the, the to prob- win at the end the of the problem, game. The problem in that game, Zach, was situational red zone play calling. Yes, because so the, the field goals were not touchdowns. Right. And so it was a second and six at the 10 yard line. They throw an end zone fade to Nick Westbrook Akine when they should have just run the ball with Derrick Henry again, who just picked up four yards on first down. They, uh, they had Derrick Henry out of the game on a third and one that was confusing because of the spot on the previous uh, play. And they had a shotgun snap with Aaron Brewer go over Tannehill's head that forced him to make another field goal. But Derrick Henry was on the sideline there. So there was some weird personnel decisions and play and situational play calls that Todd Downing goofed up against the Jets that he's crushed in the last three games. And that's where I, you've seen the growth and the comfort level of Todd Downing in the last three weeks. And the weirdness of that game, uh, I was out that weekend. Yeah. But do you remember who the leading receiver was? On the Titans? Yes. Was it Chester Rogers? No. No, McNichols. Oh, 12 targets with 73 yards. That tells you that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> like that that's weird. When, when Jeremy McNichols is your leading target getter and well wide receiver running back that has the most yards, you're messed up. <laughs> Your ass backwards. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, but again, like I think Downing's been pretty great uh, the last three weeks. You've seen tempo. You've seen some uh, some deception with the Titans' offense and with the with the jump pass from Derrick Henry. Also, a couple end arounds to to uh, Marcus Johnson, Cam Batson before he got hurt. Had some nice little gadget plays in there. They just kind of threw off the defense, and the Colts' defense is still pretty good overall. They haven't been as good as they were a year ago, but they're still really good defense. Austin, uh, before we move forward to big play Bayard, Bobby asks, and I think this is a good question. I wanted to hear your answer. Why is 18, talking about Josh Reynolds, why has his play not translated from the Rams? He doesn't even look the same. Can you answer that? He's been hurt since March. Like, and I, they say he's healthy now, but Josh Reynolds was signed with a, a shoulder injury that he had to deal with. Then once he got over the shoulder injury, then he had an Achilles injury. And he, he was day-to-day all with the Achilles. They should have shut him down, in my opinion, uh, through training camp to let that Achilles heal. But he's the odd man out. And I, I don't necessarily think it's Josh Reynolds not being good in, anymore because I still think Josh Reynolds has shown ability. I think he made some nice plays uh, this past week against the Chiefs, but it's what he offers you as a wide receiver with the role that the Titans have. Who was not playing uh, at wide receiver on Sunday versus the Chiefs? Chester Rogers. So Chester Rogers was injured. Mason Kinsey was up to handle punt return duties, but they needed Josh Reynolds to play Chester Rogers' slot role. And so when, when A.J., Julio, Chester Rogers, Marcus Johnson are all healthy, there's no room for Josh Reynolds because Chester Rogers and Marcus Johnson were the guys who were at training camp practice all every practice in August balling out in training camp. But those guys should never, ever 
ever be better or get more playing time than Josh Reynolds. Zach, that's, I are, think that's Bobby's point. But Zach, the, the point is Josh Reynolds was hurt the entire month of August. He was on and off the practice field every other day. He missed practice like five days in a row where Chester Rogers and Marcus Johnson got more reps because of that. And those two dudes took advantage of it. That's credit to them. And then Chester Rogers is a good return guy. Marcus Johnson can return kicks if he needs to. And he's also a gunner. Nick Westbrook and Kine is a gunner on special teams. Josh Reynolds plays zero special teams. There's no role for it. And so if, if the Titans have those top four wide receivers healthy, then you can't use a game day active spot on Josh Reynolds, who is your fourth wide receiver, but doesn't help on special teams. Now, maybe Cam Batson's injury changes that because you need extra depth at wide receiver, but Nick Westbrook's still active because he plays special teams. And so that's Josh Reynolds' issue. When, when Julio or AJ can't go, that's Josh Reynolds' opportunity. Chester Rogers was out. He, Josh Reynolds was up. And so that's just how it is with the situation. And it's because he's been hurt the last, he was hurt the first five months he was on the team. From March through August, September, he was banged up. Well, Titans like getting players that are hurt. Yeah. And Bobby says his talent should be showing up though by now. Again, he he had some nice plays Sunday against the Chiefs. But again, like they got up 27-0 and they, they the Titans played one half of offense. The second half was who gives a damn? Let's yeah. get this game. Don't over. lose. Yeah. The second half was don't lose. And don't and get hurt. Usually that sometimes doesn't work, but their lead was was big enough. And they had Derrick Henry. <laughs> Two things. If your lead's big enough and you have Derrick Henry, you can win the football game. Every single time. Every time. It's the recipe. That's what they have to do. If you have Derrick Henry and you have a big lead, you should not, and I don't think will lose. Yes, and uh, <laughs> Brian says, side note, Khalif Raymond is having a productive season so far in Detroit. Yeah, but Detroit's 0-6. And, and so average to bad players are productive on bad teams. <laughs> yeah, the, the Lions are throwing spaghetti at the wall to see who can make plays. Yes, uh, yeah. And so, uh, and anyway, they throw, that, hey, look, I've won a I've won good amount of money on BetMGM by essentially fading the Lions by getting my prop reception over because I know in the third and fourth quarter, golf is going to be dropped back and he's going to be throwing to Hawk. I mean, that's just what he's going to be doing. Old Hawkeye, Austin's boy. I, I've won some money on old Hawkeye because he gets a lot of targets, a lot of receptions because the Lions blow, just like the Jags and the Jets. I'll tell you what, though. The Lions have been playing hard, and I was watching A to Z Sports Picks yesterday with Brian and Allen while I was grocery shopping. Uh, and the Lions uh, are a good bet on the on the spread. I'm trying to open the app right now to see what that number is. But the Lions could be a team to jump on as an underdog uh, plus the points uh, this weekend. The, look, I, I think for the Lions in Detroit, and I, his name slips me, but who's the, the new head coach? Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, who I like. I think he's a likable guy. Dan Campbell will do well in what he's doing of changing the culture and the mindset of what you just said. The Lions play hard. In the next three to four years when they're picking first, second, or third, they need to get good, really, really good players that combined with all of their other players that play hard. They're just not there yet. And you Jericho. ready for this? You ready for this? Uh, here you go. 
Lions plus three at home versus the Eagles. I just took it. I just put 20 bucks on it on BetMGM because it's minus 105. I think that's good. I think that's good value. Lions plus three at home versus the Eagles. The Eagles are kind of a mess. The Lions played really tight with the Rams. I think the Lions are due. And so there you go. Lions plus three at home uh, versus the Eagles. You, you going to do that too? Hell no. I'm not betting on Detroit. <laughs> All right. asking, sometimes, some things are just stupid. That's betting against Alabama and betting for Detroit. <laughs> Well, if you and, bet, and that no, that goes for all of Detroit, the city of Detroit. Don't do it. Don't bet on the Pistons. Don't bet on the Red Wings. Sure as hell, don't bet on the Lions. The Tigers blow too. So, like, don't bet on the city. Well, I, 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 I'm putting. I'm, I'm not. I'm plus three at home. Hell yeah, they they played the Ravens to a two point loss at home a month ago. So I'm, I'm on the Lions plus three. All right, guys, let's get back to Titans talk. Enough uh, Detroit football conversation. Yeah, headache. That's the most Detroit Lions we've ever talked on this show. Maybe when Arthur Smith was up for a head coaching job, we talked about a little bit about the Lions, but that was about it. Okay, so Zach, we're going to break down why Kevin Byard has bounced back to a Pro Bowl level. We got some video for you guys. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next vehicle. They have your perfect make and model. You just don't know it. And it's probably that Hyundai Palisade. It may be the Hyundai Sonata. It may be the Hyundai Elantra. Go there, pain bone, good friends of the show, good friends of ours. He is the owner of Wilson County Hyundai. Go in there and say, hey, Payne, I'd love to test drive a vehicle. What can you do for me? He and his team will work with you in purchasing a car. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. You can look at their inventory, but it's a quick trip down I-40 exit 236. Once you hit Lebanon, you're going to go there and you're going to realize that the prices, the downtown prices are jacked up. Why? Because they got to pay rent. Rent is high in downtown Nashville. That is something you can take advantage of out there in Wilson County. Wilson County Hyundai, we go there once a month. We enjoy our time there. You can enjoy your time in a brand new Hyundai at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Don't forget, download that BetMGM app. I just used it. Just place the bet. Lions plus three at home against the Eagles. Uh, put 20 bucks on that. It's minus 105. So I like I, I don't like I don't hate the return. I'm the Lions are due. Just watch Zach. Watch Zach. But you can play that as well on BetMGM. Download the app. Use our code ATOZ Sports. And with your first deposit, your first bet is risk-free up to 1000 bucks. It's a great way to jumpstart your bankroll. Again, you download the app. Use the code ATOZ Sports when you sign up and you make your first deposit. Once you make that first deposit, your first bet is risk free up to 1000 bucks. It's the perfect opportunity to get started. Zach and I are having so much fun uh, this football season uh, with BetMGM. Download the app and visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years old or must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling prompt support, call Tennessee Redline at 1 800 889 9789. Okay, Kevin Byer, big play Byer. Interceptions. Force fumbles, fumble recovery for a touchdown, tackles, touchdown saving tackles. Kevin Byard is having a really, really good start to his season in 2021. And Brian Baldinger uh, did a nice breakdown on a key play of the game against the Titans and Chiefs on Sunday. So let's go ahead and play this video for you guys. Another third down here with the Titans got their safeties back right here. On third down, where do you want to go? You want to go to Kelsey. They're just not going to let Kelsey have a free release. 
The protection is good to start with. Mahomes steps up. But really, there's no place to go with the ball. I mean, they've taken his options away. So he's going to do what Mahomes does. So when he gets out, ball's going to get punched out. All right? Tight sideline is going to go crazy. All right? That's a great look. But let's watch this from the end zone here. All right? Because Mahomes has a good pocket. All right? They're doing a decent job right here. He's got a place to throw. He's got nobody to go to. All right? He's got Kelsey right there. Can't get out of his break. All right? Got Demarcus Robinson over here. Nothing. So now he takes off, carrying the ball like a loaf of bread. But the Titans have scouted this. When he breaks the pocket, that's how he runs. Watch Kevin Byard come. You know that Byard's been watching every one of these Mahomes runs, probably for the last four years. Watch this left hand of his. He's got him in his periscope here. Watch the left hand. Bam! Punch! Ball out! Oh, look at this sideline erupt. Beanbag out. See, ball out, beanbag out, beanbag, fumble. This ref has no control over this sideline. Vrabel coming running like he's playing. That's a great play. Matthias Farley with the uh, fumble recovery. So there's the Kevin Byard fumble force. I love Vrabel say, get the F out of my way, ref. <laughs> like, he pushed him aside. I, I That was a funny breakdown. I I, I enjoyed that. But I think Baldinger's it brings just up the but it brings up the point of Bayard yeah. being ready for that moment. Yes, and Baldinger's passion of him, punch, ball out, go get it. You know, he's just a football guy to a T. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Bayard, you watch the end zone angle is great because you got to just watch Kevin Bayard stare down Patrick Mahomes playing that deep safety uh, and immediately closed on Pat Mahomes as soon as he started to scramble. Also, a lot of credit to Dane Crookshank. Dane Crookshank on that play was the one who was bodying up Travis Kelsey and probably could have gotten called for a hold <laughs> down the field. Uh, but but Dane Crookshank's physicality on Travis Kelsey made Kelsey so mad, so mad on Sunday. But I, I do think Kevin Byard is fully bounced back uh, to his Pro Bowl-level play that we saw from him the first three years of his career. Yeah, and... You know, he had a lot of pressure on him in the offseason. You know, Bayard was paid. I mean, at one point, we talk about Lewan and Bayard's contract. Lewan was the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL. Kevin Bayard was the highest paid safety in the National Football League. And after he got paid, the last couple of seasons, things have kind of dropped. Well, he's. I feel like he's gotten his spirit back. And not only that, we all know the confusion, I think, with the coaching staff last year of who's, who's in charge on defense. I think Kenny Vaccaro's drop-off probably didn't help things. Just just everything. The Adoree Jackson thing not being there. I mean, there was just so many things over the last couple of years. But Bayard this year, and I, I saw a comment. I think it, it's a fair comment, but it needs clarification, which is, you know, what's the big deal about being a Pro Bowler? I can't find it because we've had too many comments come in. But it's not about being a Pro Bowler. I think it's how we put it as, playing at a pro bowl level right i think those two two things mean different things like playing at a pro bowl level to me says that you are playing at a very high level it's kind of a figure of speech i don't look at the votes and who's voting on you right it is a popularity contest but Bayard, right now he's playing at a very high level he is a ball hawk he is creating turnovers and i think his leadership has really helped a secondary 
with Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley. You've got Amani Hooker who had to step up. You've got David Long Jr., uh, Rashawn Evans. All these guys are younger. That's the secondary and linebacking core. Bayard has stepped up in a big way, and I think the defense is reaping the benefit. Yeah, I don't even I don't understand how somebody can ask what's the big deal of being a pro bowler. Like the pro bowl doesn't matter. The game doesn't matter, but being selected to the pro bowl does matter. Being a pro bowl level player absolutely matters because it means that you're one of the best at your position. Now being an all pro player is better than a pro bowler. uh, But again, like all pro I put way more weight in all pro than I do pro bowlers, but you should because there's just less spots. Well, and that brings us to our question because Jay has kind of already answered the question that we've asked. We'll give Jay an opportunity to really think about it, but will Kevin Byard be a pro bowler and all pro or neither this year? Because I think all three are possibilities. They're on the table. We're only in week going into week eight. Yeah, well, I think he's playing at, a, he's absolutely playing at a level where he should be selected to the Pro Bowl. I think he is playing and could finish the season playing at an all-pro level. But again, that doesn't mean he's going to make, make either of them. Um, I find this interesting. I think he is, odds are, because if there's more spots, he's more likely to make a, a Pro Bowl than an all-pro. I think he is a Pro Bowl player this year. I just don't think that he will be selected all-pro just because Kevin Byard has continuously not gotten recognition that he has deserved. Yeah, and it's it's tough. Like I, you have to look at his competition, right? Yeah, that that yeah. that's key. Which I honestly don't keep up with safeties around the league. So. Well, it's it's hard because they've kind of changed now. Tyron Matthew is not having the year that he had last year, right? So that does help him. But you've got – and Minka Fitzpatrick is not having the year that he was last year. That mm-hmm. also helps him. Uh, you've got you know Broncos' Justin Simmons, who's really, really good. Harrison Smith, well, I guess he's in the NFC, so that doesn't really matter. So For all, I for all think, pro, it does. Though. For all pro, everybody's lumped into one. It's all right. NFL. Yeah, it does. And it's it. a lot of this is reputation, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh Buda Baker has played pretty well. <laughs> we, we, we saw that first week. Uh, but I think I he think makes the pro. I, I think he makes the Pro Bowl this year. I do. Now he has Ryan get, brings up it's a popularity contest, and you know who's not popular? The Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Obviously, yes. ask Chris Broussard, Nick Wright, uh, and Shannon Sharp, and all the people at FS1. Right. But I, I do think um, I do think Kevin Byron makes the Pro Bowl this year just because I think you mentioned uh, two AFC safeties who were probably in the Pro Bowl last year that are playing down. That opens up spots. And Kevin Byard, look, he's got 10 games left. He has to continue to play really, really well and keep three interceptions, a forced fumble and, uh, on Mahomes and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. It's a really good start. <laughs> really good start through seven games. If he can kind of mirror the first seven game production over the last 10 games, then yeah, he's having a Pro Bowl season. He'll end with what, six interceptions uh, or more, six or seven picks uh, with a couple fumbles forced and recovered. Like that's a good Pro Bowl level season. It's a great season uh, if Kevin Byer can get back to that. So 2020 Pro Bowl players, AFC, safeties, Minka Fitzpatrick, 
and Earl Thomas. Well, Earl Thomas ain't in the league, right? Is that right. the year before? Uh, well, this is two years ago. That was so a 2019 season. Because uh, that didn't make any sense. Because I thought Kyron Matthew definitely had it. Um, let's see here. 2021 Pro Bowlers by position. Safeties. We have Minka Fitzpatrick, Justin Simmons, mm-hmm. and Tyron Matthew. So I was two out of the three. I actually mentioned all three of them. but. Um, Two of the three are not playing well. Yeah, and and I think that's the difference, right? Minka Fitzpatrick had a, I mean, he was all pro. And he had an all pro type season. The Broncos, you kind of get lost. Yeah, Justin Simmons is on a bad team. Yeah, Justin Simmons on a bad team. Kevin Byard's going to be a division champion. Uh, The Steelers are more of a bad team. And the Chiefs are absolutely struggling. So I think Kevin Byard makes a Pro Bowl. I do not think he gets all pro this year and uh the chat brings up a, a good point and he has i've seen some plays me watching the Bengals because i i do like joe burrow uh, jesse bates the safety for the Bengals, has had a good year and that defense has stepped up right they've the, they've kind of come together at the right time where their offense is meeting the standard of their defense which you know they didn't have a standard for the last several years in cincinnati man i i will say this austin out of all of the young quarterbacks, I, and I've always liked Joe Burrow's mindset and his leadership skills and the way he carries himself and his swag. I I think that, I don't know, I just resonate with that. And now you see him having success. Man, Joe Burrow is carrying over from his LSU days. The Bengals could be very, very interesting down the stretch. Yeah, and they have good weapons. Um, so pretty, pretty good stuff there. All right, Zach, we've talked a lot of Titans and some lions today. So let's go ahead and get to throwing shade where you are going to throw shade on the hypocrisy of the NFL. And I'm throwing shade at my neighborhood. So let's get throwing shade, get your shade ready. I saw some comments earlier in the show saying that you guys are ready for shade, but real quick, let me tell you guys about renters warehouse renterswarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply go to renterswarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. There are so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, whether it's uh, creating extra cash flow for you and your family and getting retirement plan ready because Renters Warehouse uh, can get money in your account every month by investing in rent estate and not just selling your house for a one-time transaction. Selling your house might be for you, but renting it out, is how you get retirement ready and renterswarehouse.com does all the work for you. Come hang out with us. Titans Colts. We're going to be live from Mill Creek Tap Room away games and it's going to be in Indy. You can kind of see from the atmosphere right there on this picture. You got ice cold beer. You got burgers. They got a great setup right there at Mill Creek Tap Room. Man, it is a great experience. They got TVs. It's family friendly. You can check out the National Power Sports badass titans uh golf cart that is actually in the brewery i think they're actually putting it in a brand new golf cart this week so we'll showcase that on our our twitter but make sure you come join us and hang out if you have nowhere to watch the game and mill creek quick trip but well worth it all right throwing shade here on 
uh, a, a Wednesday. Zach, I will let you start with your shade because uh, it's on the NFL, which is topic relevant. Uh, but Zach, go ahead with your shade today. Yeah, and then uh, we've got a lot of shade coming we in. We do the have comments, a lot of shade. So uh, that's good. My shade is this. It is the power of mega conglomerate companies. And that is the NFL. That is every company that you see in the top 100 in the world or in the country. And what did the NFL show us? And really Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell sat there and the NFL, We and I got upset about this because if it is a closed investigation, it should stay that way. Well, emails revealed from John Gruden, him criticizing and saying some nasty things towards people. One of them, including calling Roger Goodell a female private part in one of the emails. What do you know? When you attack your boss at the high level, your ass gets got. And John Gruden got leaked. He got fired. He gave, it was a PR nightmare for John Gruden. We already talked about all of that stuff. But the power of Roger Goodell in the NFL, what did they do yesterday? Well, we're shutting it down. We're not going to leak any more information. We're, we're, this is, everything's enough. Daniel Snyder's had enough. We're closing it down. Nothing more is going to come out of this investigation uh, as far as we know it. I mean, come on. And I, I, I experienced this on Sunday because I went to the Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan show at Bridgestone, which was awful to get in because you had to show either vaccination card or negative test lines were out the wazoo. And one of the things that Dave Chappelle, and this is, and if you know this, you've been following the story, Dave Chappelle criticized the transgender community in his Netflix special. Transgender community within Netflix, they boycotted Netflix. They rioted right outside. But Netflix didn't pull Dave off. Dave wanted to make a movie. Netflix still kind of sticking by him, but he had to come out and uh, address the whole situation because of, Corporate puppetry. We see this every day, and this is no different. John Gruden got canned because he called a, his boss a female private part. You can look it up to see exactly what he said, and his ass got fired. Now, they don't want anything else leaked. They're shutting down the studio like P. Diddy. I think that's a bunch of BS. If there's more juice in there, it should be revealed. If you're going to cancel people, you should cancel everybody that needs to be canceled. And they didn't do that. And that is the power of the NFL. And that's just how the cookie crumbles. It's unfortunate, but we see that now that that report came out. Don't criticize your boss if you work for a, uh, a big corporation either. They'll fire your ass and make sure that you'll never come back. Yeah, Dom says it's because they got who they wanted already. They want the big fit, the biggest fish. And I, honestly, I, John Gruden was not the biggest fish. <laughs> that that might me seeing that them slowing it shutting it down tells me that there are bigger fish in he there is a big than fish though he is a big fish but not the biggest it, I, it tells me that there's bigger people in that that the nfl did not want to get out one uh, of them was the nfl's lawyer and he's still employed right that this is i again i think roger goodell read the emails and said john cruden called me a what well We'll we'll figure out how that works, and yeah, what do you know? Exactly. Raiders exactly. ain't ain't have a, a, is the same head coach. 
Uh, more shade. Captain Tripp says throwing shade on the Bills fan in the chat, crying about Josh Allen slipping. I don't know if you saw that earlier, but there's a Bills fan who's infiltrated our, our YouTube chat, uh, talking smack about the Titans and how Josh Allen slipped and they would have won if Josh Allen didn't slip. Excuse me, Josh Allen Smith. Um, let's see. So on the grassy uh, knoll, uh, more shade. Uh, oh, Brad says throwing shade on Titan upload because the dude was throwing shade on you guys last night. Didn't know that. Thanks for letting us know. Uh, Lucas says his shade is being 35 years old and always waking up with a random sore body part. I hear it just gets worse. Yeah, I'm I'm there. Uh, let's see. Dom says throwing shade on everyone who didn't wake up with a smile on your face this morning. Let's be positive, people. Attaboy, Don. Uh, Jarvis says his shade's on game day parking. It went up Monday and this past Sunday. The parking lot is still the same, but the price is going up. Parking lot's still the same. More prices. I'll say this. Titans game day traffic, you can tell that they're breaking attendance records <laughs> because like, I don't know if Nashville forgot how to game day traffic or how to big event traffic because of COVID, but the Garth Brooks concerts and every Titans home game this year has been an absolute nightmare. Normally it takes nothing for me to get to the mainstay, but this year the Titans home games, it's doubling my time to get to the mainstay. I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, I honestly haven't had it's definitely worse it's than different. it was last year. Yes. Yes, no doubt. And the previous years too. Uh Cam says throwing shade on NFL analysts that have the Titans ranked 10 or higher slash lower in the power rankings. Uh Nate says on Twitch, throwing shade at all the airport restaurants that are closing early these days. It's a wasteland out there. And G-Man says shade on all the people whining about season ticket holders selling their tickets. Titans fans have the opportunity to buy those tickets as well, uh, which is true. Uh, Tank Sinatra talking about the Bills fan uh, in in uh, the chat as well. Um, so my shade, Ryan, I see your shade. He says, my shade is on COVID. About to take my second grandpa in a span of two months. Ryan, I hope things um, improve with your grandfather uh, there and definitely uh, thinking about you uh, with your shade. So my shade, Zach, is on my neighborhood. Um, I live in a awesome, I love my neighborhood. Zach, my wife and I love our, our neighborhood. Uh, we walk our dogs three or four times a week around the neighborhood. Normally, our neighborhood goes all out with the holiday decorations. And Christmas is awesome walking around, seeing all the lights. And Halloween has been awesome the last couple of years, walking around and seeing all the different spooky uh, decorations on all the houses and the creativity. But I don't know what it is, but this year, it's about 50% participation. Last year, I think COVID upped everybody's participation. But my shade this year is on all my neighbors slacking, slacking hard on the lack of Halloween decorations. Guys, it is Wednesday on of, of Halloween week. You've got to get your stuff up because we got a lot of trick-or-treaters coming through and you guys are dropping the ball. I mean, it is bad. Like, And I don't know how you feel about this. I love Halloween and my wife loves Halloween. We love Halloween decorations. It's fun to walk around because it gets dark early, fun to go around and see all the fun stuff, but it is weak this year. I don't know what people are doing. I, I like Halloween. I wouldn't categorize it as love Halloween. I like getting dressed up and playing a person that I'm not. I think that's fun. Decorations. I, I think this is a general statement for me. I, I don't, I'm not putting up direct decorations. I I, I will. Uh, Did your family when them? you were a kid? Huh? Did your family when you were a kid? 
yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, obviously, like Christmas decorations is standard. Fall, not really fall Thanksgiving, but I, you know, I. It just doesn't like I. I don't seek that out. I, no, and I, I just get think the people that do. I, I don't seek that out. It makes it when you when you go to the neighborhood and you see a bunch of good de- decorations, you're like, hell yeah, this this like this neighborhood's up for a good time. Well, I, one I thing feel- I will say, I did past tense love haunted houses. Yes. I loved them. Not I used anymore, to go though? every year. I loved because I would laugh. Like I laugh in scary movies. I think that they're funny. Like. They're entertaining to me, but I have since stopped going to haunted houses since the mass shooting rate went up years ago. And I just feel like that is an opportune time for like it to be hell on earth. And so I don't go there anymore because, uh, people are, uh, have problems and they've been shooting people in, in mass you, you bring my shade about Halloween decorations to mass shootings and haunted houses. It's the truth though. Mass <laughs> shootings have ruined my haunted house. Love. Okay. All right. My, it, but does that make sense? I feel like that's a place where a psychopath would hide and there's psychopaths in this world. I guess the ones man. that shoot I mean, up people. I mean, good Lord. And Brad asked, a lot of people were asking, did we decorate our house? Yeah. Hell yeah, we do. We turned our front porch light into a black light. It looks badass. We get bats up on the brick. We got spider webs and pumpkins everywhere. They'll light up jack-o'-lanterns and stuff. We don't have a great front area to do that. But when you walk by, when you go by a house that has great Halloween decorations, you probably guess that that family has a, likes to have a good time, right? Like you, that's an automatic, like that family likes to have fun. They don't take themselves too seriously because if they have great, like there is one Halloween, Halloween decoration in our neighborhood that they have like a bunch of skeletons and they've lined them up like drunk bachelorettes in Nashville. It's great. Or, or they're weird. I, 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 I like the fun. That's the, the glass half full idea. I get that. Or they're just like, they could be really weird, right? Well, like what's wrong with being weird? Being weird. Is, I, well, I like people that are weird. Like being weird, weird be is weird. a good thing. It's weird to be weird. Yeah, I I think yeah, I, I, I no, like there's a level weird. of weirdness, but when you're putting like uh, dead bodies uh hanging from you know trees and stuff, or not like that, but dead, like dead but, no, like like gruesome things like you know, uh, skulls and uh you know werewolves and things that jump out at you when you walk out. That I think is the level of weirdness gets to a I, it gets to an extreme where I, I, I kind of question how much time you've actually put into this. Yeah, Dom, weird just means misunderstood, right? I mean, Lil Wayne said it best too. Yeah, yeah, but weird also can mean other things. I, I, I don't know. I've just that I don't. I'm not drawn to that. I, I like Halloween decorations. When I walk, when we go by a house, and I'm like. And I'm with Zay. I'm with Theron. Uh, I think Zach's a scaredy cat. I'm not a scaredy cat. I love a man who just said he loves haunted houses at one point. I'm scared of mass shootings. Yes, I think everybody is. But and shade on mass shootings right there. But I'm not. I'm not a scaredy cat. I am scared of spiders. I don't like spiders. And I'm less pretty- scared of spiders than I've ever been in my life. Right now. Do you know how you become less scared of spiders? Now this might also might think that i'm weird you become less scared of spiders if you give them a name i'm not even kidding if there's a spider in your house 
and you give it a name and then you just scoop it up in a cup and walk it outside, you're less walk scared. Walk it outside? It's dead, bro. I'm I'm putting every I'm putting body armor to kill that spider. Okay. I mean, then I'm just I'm just telling you, if you want to become less scared of spiders, that's how you do it. What about what are you scared of? Oh, this I don't like uh I don't like um hmm. What am I of like animals? I, I don't know. I mean like when somebody says, what are you scared of? And uh, like dying is a theme, but like, I am, I'm scared I, of spiders. I have recently become more uneasy of heights and I don't know when that happened, but over the last like few years, heights tripped me out and I don't, but I, I wasn't like that. I don't know if my equilibrium is messed up as I get older, but heights kind of give me the shakes, but I'm not scared of it. I just went zip lining over the damn uh, mountains in Kentucky. You like snakes? No, I would. I avoid snakes. I'm, but like, if I see a snake, okay, if I see a snake, I will. I will freak out. Yes. Yeah. Right. I. You're you're not reptile guy. I. I'm not. I'm. I'm less afraid of snakes than I am spiders, which is weird. Yeah. Uh. Real quick, Josh says I got shade for Austin for continuing to have an issue with Mason Kinsey. Dude, just drop it. Uh, I don't have an issue with Mason Kinsey. I have an issue with Josh. And people who think I have an issue with Mason Kinsey. It's not hard. You you got old man with the, the dollar build. You got, you took well, the bait. Well, I'm going to bring it up because. You, yeah, I know you're going to bring it up because you took the bait. Well, Josh, again. Josh, I, you're I, getting love of the show because you got Austin on that bait. You got him. Bravo to Josh. You, you, you compiled a, a comment and you got him to bite just like a rattlesnake. So, Josh, you get love this show, bud. <laughs> but whenever people good. throw shade at us, I think it's fair to read it because it would be unfair if we filter the shade at us, right? You don't I, have to read every comment. You took the I, bait. No, I, I honestly believe baited, if somebody, bro. No, I think if somebody throws shade at me or you, we have to read it because you, you, if we don't read Mason, it. You got Kinsey triggered. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's funny. It's not. <laughs> it's and Tank says that I I read it as soon as it posted because it popped up in my eye line and it had my name in it. That's what caught my eye. Tank Sinatra has been killing it today. <laughs> I do like Tank Sinatra, <laughs> but I don't have an issue with Mason Kinsey. I never have. I have an issue with you guys who say that I have an issue with Mason Kinsey. Stop! I don't. You're lying. You're creating false narrative. God. So exhausting. It's exhausting. And Richard, is Kinsey still going to be active this week against Indianapolis? Here's my point. If Chester Rogers can't play, Mason Kinsey has a role because Cam Batson is now out. That's the situation. And it has always been the situation. As always. That's what I've been saying since August. I have no more to add to this show. All right. I think it's been a great show. But we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. It's Titans Thursday. Uh, we're going to have a good, good Thursday. Don't forget, more content out. The Titan Up podcast is out this week. Also, great uh, content over on our podcast network and all over our website, a2zsports.com slash Nashville. We will see you guys on Thursday. Have a good day. <laughs> well, Billy Jones is late. Let's start the show over and do it again. Damn it. <laughs> Billy, what are you doing? All right, we'll see you guys later on. Have a good Wednesday. Adios.